Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today our church celebrates the Feast of Pentecost, and it's the Feast of the Holy Spirit, and it ranks right up there with Christmas and Easter as one of the greatest liturgical events in our year. Pentecost essentially brings the church to life, as seen in the first reading from Acts of the Apostles. But the Holy Spirit is also in our hearts. We, as baptized Christians, have received the Holy Spirit. And so, Pentecost is the feast of the church, as it springs into life. Now, the first reading from Acts tells us how Pentecost is described. When the time for Pentecost was fulfilled, they were all in one place together, and suddenly there came from the sky a noise, like a strong driving wind, and it filled the entire house in which they were. Then there appeared, and to them, tongues as of fire, which parted and came to rest upon each and every one of them. And as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in different tongues, as the Spirit enabled them to proclaim. Now, some of the great symbols from the story. First and foremost, the wind and the flame. Well, the wind, we don't know where it comes from. And there is something unpredictable about the wind. Well, so too with the Holy Spirit. No one can control the Holy Spirit, and so there is something unpredictable about the Holy Spirit. When we hand our life over to God, you are not in control any longer. God is. And see, that's the good news. When we surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit, we are saying to God, My life is not about me, my wants, my desires, my plans. Instead, we say, my life is about myself in relationship with God and living out that relationship and my faith each and every day of my life to the best of my abilities. Now, what is needed for us? Well, we have to pray and ask for the Holy Spirit. You know, there's that time-old prayer, Veni Sancte Spiritus, come Holy Spirit. Well, pray that every day. In fact, that make that part of your daily prayer routine. It's the prayer of surrender. Better yet, it's the prayer of asking that the mighty wind of the Holy Spirit will always blow in your life. Now, another aspect about the wind is it can be very powerful. You know, that's seen in tragic tornado storms where it de- destroys houses, farms, even towns. But we go to the airport And we see these massive planes that are incredibly heavy, lifted up by the wind. Well, so too with the Holy Spirit. When we surrender to it, it will change our lives. You could say uproot our lives, all the things in our life. Give you a couple examples. 
St. Catherine Drexel. She was the first American-born saint. She was born into a very wealthy and prominent family in Philadelphia in the 1850s. At an early age, approximately around 20 years old or so, both of her parents died, and she stood to inherit tens of millions of dollars back then. In today's terms, it would be worth billions and billions of dollars. She had a deep religious awakening, more than money could buy. She also had a deep affection for ministering to the Native American as well as the African Americans here in the United States. But she didn't know what to do with her life. Now, by chance, she had an audience with the Pope. The Pope was Leo XIII at that time. And so she begged the Pope to create a special religious order that would care for the African Americans and the Native Americans of the United States. Well, the Pope turned to her and said, you establish that order. Well, she said, well, there's no way I could. I wouldn't even know what the first step would be to establish an order. She said, at best, what I could do is help donate money for that order. The Pope looked at her again and he said, no, you establish that order. So she did. She created the Order of the Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. Their sole mission was to establish clinics, hospitals, and schools for Native Americans as well as African Americans here in the United States. The most prominent is Xavier University in Louisiana. The Holy Spirit entered into her life in a powerful way and uprooted all the things in her life, carried her to do things she never thought possible. Another example, St. Francis of Assisi. As a young man, while praying, he heard a voice coming from the crucifix. It was the voice of Christ. And it said, Francis, rebuild my church. Now, Francis had no idea where his obedience to Jesus' command would take him. It took him to establishing his own order, the Franciscans, And that order, centuries later, covers the entire globe. So those are just a few examples in which the Holy Spirit has the power to uproot us, change our lives, in order to serve God and others in this world. Another symbol of the Holy Spirit, tongues of fire. Now we all know fire can be destructive. It has a destructive capability with it. It can destroy Homes, property, even cities. Look at the great Chicago fire. But fire also has a cleansing aspect to it. So too the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a cleansing fire. When you let the Holy Spirit into your life, the Holy Spirit will burn things away in your life that prevent you from growing in your faith. See, when people surrender to God, they realize and they say to themselves, you know, there are some things in my life that I need to change. All is not well in my life. Well, the Holy Spirit comes into our life, and He burns and He cleanses away. Maybe selfishness or pride. Maybe envy or anger. See, all these things must be burned away or be cleansed as the Holy Spirit enters into our life. Another characteristic of fire It's illuminating. In biblical times, fire would provide light at night 
for people to read, work, or even travel. When the Holy Spirit dwells within you, the Holy Spirit's light will light up your mind so that you can come to know the scriptures and it will provide light for your eyes as you come to see the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Now, with that in mind, go to the second reading from Paul. Notice what Paul says. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Only with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit can we say that Jesus Christ is the Lord of our lives. And we have that indwelling. We first received it at baptism, and then the second installment came at confirmation. When the light of the Holy Spirit comes, its illuminating light is one in which now we see clearly our relationship and our faith in Christ. Another characteristic of the Holy Spirit, speech. Go back to that first reading. It said the apostles received tongues of fire. Now, the first things that the apostles did was they talked amongst themselves. Next, they went out into the streets. And they spoke with confidence, not a mealy mouth way or a timid way, but with great strength. Well, the Holy Spirit gives us the confidence and the strength to talk about our faith. More to it, the apostles, they go out into the streets of Jerusalem in probably one of the busiest days of the year in the city of Jerusalem. It was probably filled with vendors and tourists. And so here are the apostles in these busy streets proclaiming the Lordship of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is an important issue for us, especially with our modern culture. Why? Well, if you look at our modern culture, they want us as Catholics, but also as Christians, all Christian faiths, to privatize our faith. What do I mean by that? Well, the modern culture will tolerate our faith as long as we whisper it to ourselves and not tell everyone in public. Our culture tells us to keep our faith in the privacy of our hearts, not in the open. Well, essentially, that's not biblical, and that's not the work of the Holy Spirit. On the contrary, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to publicly not just talk about our faith, with strength and confidence, but to practice it each and every day of our lives. One last thing to think about. The church, yes, it was born at Pentecost, but it was also equipped and ready for mission. What do I mean by this? Well, before Pentecost, the apostles had seen the risen Lord. In fact, just look at last week's gospel in which we celebrated the ascension the apostles are with Jesus on the side of the mountain right before he ascends back into heaven. So the apostles, they have seen the risen Lord, but they were not ready or equipped to start the church. It wasn't until Pentecost and receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit that now, yes, the apostles are properly equipped to start our church. Notice what Paul says in that second reading. Each individual manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given for some benefit. Well, through baptism, we have received at least one, at least one gift of the Holy Spirit. Why is that? 
Because baptism is not an empty ritual. It's not some harmless little social event. Nor should baptism be taken lightly or for granted. Baptism is an immersion into the very life of Christ, in which he comes and he joins his life to ours, never to be separated for all of eternity, whereby our life now is one in which we share it with Christ. And it's an event in which now he gives us the Holy Spirit into our life. That's why I always say baptism is the second greatest event in our life. And so as baptized people, we all have been given a gift for the express purpose of serving God and others in this world. See, when we share that gift for that specific purpose of serving God, then just like the apostles and all the saints, then the Holy Spirit will always be alive in us. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.